Welcome to our remote service for Elam Lutheran Church. We're going to open with a song, Forever in His Blood. Our second song this morning is Jesus Messiah, name above all names, blessed Redeemer, Emmanuel. He 
Friends and members of Elam Lutheran Church, grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This is Herb Hoff, 
once again sharing with you from the outskirts of Olympia, Washington, looking forward to the time when we can finally get together and be his people together with one another. This morning we're going to be finishing up Acts chapter 16, looking at God's power of light to, to bring deliverance and victory for those caught up in the web of wickedness, and also see how those who like to dwell in the darkness fight against the light. Let's begin with prayer before I begin to read. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would use this time now to your glory, to our good. Help us to see, Lord, that the battles of ancient times continue on, even as the liar continues to spin his lies toward us. Help us to believe you, Lord, the things that you do and see your power in our lives. I pray it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Well, from Acts chapter 16, we're going to start at verse 16. As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much, grain, uh, much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servant of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. And this she kept doing for many days. Paul having come, become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. And when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And the crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into the prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet with stocks. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. When the works of darkness are all around, it's obvious we can see in, the, in these first couple of verses that, it's, that uh, there's a constant battle going on between God's kingdom of light and life and the kingdoms of darkness and death. The kingdoms of darkness, they, they, they seem to have three main areas where they really have their sway and work. The, the, the devil, the world, and, and even our own sinful flesh. And each of these try to creep in and steal the freedom that God has designed and planned for, for his children. And in fact, his desire for the entirety of his creation. Uh, one of the ministries that our family has been actively involved with in the last couple of years is Courage Worldwide, a ministry that helps free young women who've been caught up, who've been actually taken captive by the human sex trafficking industry and exploitation. Courage Worldwide began this battle to rescue and, and, and restore these young victims. Most, most recently, uh, uh, two young girls, uh, one of them nine, the other one 13, were safely brought to Courage House in the outskirts of Moshi, Tanzania, right on the, on the slopes of Mount Kilimanjaro. Uh, I spent uh, half of February 
a year and a half ago, ministering at this place with my son and a number of other people. Uh, there were uh, five of us on this ministry team, and it was an exciting time, helping preparing this campus, uh, working with the girls, uh, conversing with them and teaching them. Uh, at that point, there was 19 girls and, and five of their children. They get up to age 18 and then move on to a, another part of the ministry there. Uh, now, at this point, there's there's 20 girls, uh, more actually more than 20 girls, and now still five of the children that are there. And, and they are going through um, in this secluded campus, away from where they can be found and, and recaptured by the traffickers. Uh, they're going through education. They're going through... Uh, healing process, sometimes physical, a lot of it emotional, much of it spiritual deliverance, and God is doing mighty things. And it is exciting to see what's taking place. Uh, the kingdom of darkness, it is still at work in the, in the world. We saw it there in Moshe, Tanzania at, at Courage House, but it's not just over in distant Africa. It's all around the world, in our own nation, in our country. The largest area where there is human trafficking, the city that has more of it than anywhere else, is Washington, D.C. The center of our political power, and it is the largest area where women and girls are being sold. The Courage House is looking for those that are, are the young ones and, and bringing rescue to them. Well, Paul and Silas, they, they, it was obvious to them that the works of darkness, the kingdom of darkness, was active. It was, it was nipping at their heels all the time when they were involved in ministry. And they're ministering in Philippi for some time already. Lydia has come to faith, and they're going daily, apparently, to the place of prayer where they would gather and give praise to God, and more than praise to God, they were teaching the truth of, of, of Jesus, who is Messiah, the coming king, and the one who comes to release the captive and, and set free those who are bound. And as they were doing that, uh, time and time again, this, this slave girl is following them. Here, here's what it says again. Luke writes, uh, As we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are the servants of the Most High God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. Now, what was spoken by this demonized girl was true. Paul and Silas and Luke and Timothy, they were proclaiming the truth of the God, the, the Mighty One. But they didn't want to associate that with one who always also tells lies, the father of lies, Satan. And, and one thing is when the enemy begins to tell you a little bit of truth, then people follow the way and don't pay attention to when the truth actually becomes a lie. And so uh, get to verse six, uh, 18 of chapter 16 of Acts. There is a command for deliverance. This, it says, she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. And it came out that very hour. The demonized slave girl 
was no longer Nebonized. She was set free by the power of God in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. She was no longer demonized, but she was still a slave girl. She was still the property to be used by her masters, her, her owners. There's an old spiritual that would be sung. Oh, freedom, oh, freedom, oh, freedom over me. And before I'd be a slave, I'd be buried in my grave and go home to my Lord and be free. There was some freedom, freedom from the power of darkness in, in the demonized, but still the workings of the world had her captivated. She had owners, and, and they were not at all happy with what was taking place. Back in 1995, I was associate pastor at my home congregation, Glendale Lutheran, down in Burien, Washington. And our tradition there was on Good Friday, uh, we would have our worship service in the chapel, the smaller area, not the large sanctuary. It was a lot more cozy and, and comfortable. And... And one of the things that we would offer on Good Friday was anointing with oil for healing. Uh, from Isaiah 53, by his wounds we are healed. And on Good Friday, when we remember those wounds of Jesus, we would tie in oil with prayer for healing. And we would open our altar rail for anyone who wanted to come for prayer. And it was at that time of the service, and, and a woman that I had didn't recognize had come up to the altar rail, and, and I was open, so I went over to pray for her. And as I would be my practice, I asked, how can I pray for you? Now, here it is, quarter of a century later, I don't remember what it was that she was asking me to pray for. But I do know that I did pray uh, in accordance with what her desires were, and and anointed with her, anointed her forehead with oil. I would say at the end, uh, stay as long as you'd like. Well, she did not stay long. In fact, she got up and skedaddled out of church real quick, out of the chapel and down the hallway, which was sort of not what you would expect. And one of the women of the congregation noticed that and, and followed her down. And the woman's restroom was at the long way down. And as she got down there and came in, here was this woman that I had anointed with oil, and she's got soap, and she's got paper towel, and she's rubbing her forehead and scraping and scraping and, and, and trying to get the oil off. And, and apparently that's not working because she exits the bathroom past the, the member of the congregation, goes out into the darkness and, and finds a stick and starts to scrape the oil off her. And it was almost like the Wicked Witch of the West with water being thrown. I'm burning. I'm, and, and, and it was a horrible experience for this woman who'd been anointed. Now someone knew who she was and she went off into the dark. As soon as the worship service was done, several members, elders of the congregation and the senior pastor with the direction from this other person who knew where she was, followed her to her home. And there they discovered that she was entrapped by the big three Ds. Drugs, disappointment, and the demon. And they spent time praying for her. And she was delivered that night. 
senior pastor went by the next morning, spent some time the next day, Easter Sunday, where she had been delivered out of the kingdom of darkness on Good Friday. On Easter Sunday, she was delivered into the kingdom of light and life. She was baptized into the body of Christ. The power of the enemy is powerful. Does not want to let go of what he has control of. And uh, for this woman, she was rescued. She was delivered. The command of deliverance in the name of Jesus Christ, I command you, leave. And, and the slave girl was delivered. And this woman in Burien, 25 years ago, was also delivered. God delights in delivering and freeing the captive. God loves to see freedom. That's what he wants for this world, a, a world that is overpowered by the dominion of darkness and sin and hopelessness and despair, being relieved and set free by the power of God. God's freeing power. Uh, it is not always greeted with joy. Oh, for the one who's been delivered, yeah, there's a lot of excitement, but for the one who has been controlling, the one who's now lost control, not so much. In Moshe, Tanzania, the school that we have, uh, Courage House, it's in a secluded area outside. Uh, very few people know where it is. It is to protect these young girls who have been rescued from trafficking. Uh, even the kind of pictures that would go out on social media, their faces, if it's a front-on face, have been blurred so you can't tell who they are. Or, for the most part, it's from the side or the back where the faces can't be seen. Why? Because the enemy doesn't want to give up what they've lost. They want to get them back again. God has something better. God has freedom designed. But those who lose their power are not very happy about it. God's freedom is oppressed by the oppressors, as we find out in the last, starting at verse 19, this, this slave girl's owners are really ticked off because their, their way of making money off of this little girl has been lost to them. She's, she's useless goods to them at this point, no longer demonized, no longer able to foretell the future events for people. Constantly, we see in Scripture where the profit motive, where it's good for someone's pocketbook, is frequently angered because of the kind of freedom that the gospel brings. Uh, we see it in the Old Testament where, where uh, Balaam, for a buck, is going to go and he's going to lay a curse on the children of Israel. Balak wants them to do that. God's Spirit does not. Balaam was willing to trade off what was right for a few uh, shekels. Uh, didn't work for him. We find out the same kind of thing takes place when Peter and John are ministering up in Samaria in, in, in uh, Acts chapter 8. And there's uh, uh, Simon the magician who, who wants that power to, to, to distribute the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, he wanted to make more money to do it. Or, or when Paul uh, fights against Elimus in, in Cyprus. 
uh, this magician, no, it's not going to work. He wanted new ways of getting some finances. Or, or later on in the book of Acts, in, in chapter 19, we find out there in Ephesus, there's a, a Demetrius who is a, uh, a silversmith making idols for Artemis. And when Paul comes and people are throwing away their idols, uh, it, it's not good for business. And business was more important than the freedom and the deliverance that God has for his people. For Paul and Silas, as this slave girl is dis delivered, they're brought before the town people, they're brought before the magistrates. The magistrates strip them down, beat them, beat them, beat them with rods many times, and throw them into the depths and the darkness of the prison. All this happens because it's getting in the way of what business is. When the gospel's bad for business, it's only because the business is bad. Now we hear from Jesus uh, in the a Sermon on the Mount, he says uh, in the Beatitudes, uh, Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 10, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And Paul and, and Silas, they are being persecuted for righteousness sake. They're being persecuted because the righteousness of God has been impacting the life of those who are bound, those who are enslaved. Jesus goes on, Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Paul and Silas, do they have a pity party? They're in the darkness of the cell, bound in stocks, nursing their wounds from being beaten many times. They take serious the words of Jesus. Rejoice and be glad. Because that's what they did to the righteous ones of old. What do they do? They pray out loud to God. What do they do? They sing hymns for others to hear. And the primary one they wanted to hear wasn't the other prisoners. It wasn't the jailer. It was the Lord God himself. Rejoice and be glad. And the, and the ancients knew something about that. Stuff that we don't know. Stuff that, that we don't we don't seem to follow very easily. God has great things planned. That, that, that's what Paul and Silas are doing. They are rejoicing. They're giving praise to God. God has not lost his power. We might feel like the darkness is creeping in. The bad choices are being made. The darker it gets, brothers and sisters, the brighter the light shines, the light of Jesus shining in you, shining through you for the darkness to see. And when the darkness sees your light, one of two things happens. They either come to the light, the Lord Jesus, I am the light of the world, or they try to hide in darkness. John talks about that in his epistle. What we need to hear what we need to receive, what we need to believe and remember is that God has set you as a light. He has put us on a pedestal 
that we would be a light in the midst of the darkness. Let the world see you. Let your light shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine, let it shine, let it shine till Jesus comes. God wants to work in you. God wants to work through you. And every time he does, there are those who say yes, and those who cling to the darkness, that their deeds won't be seen. And I would pray, Lord Jesus, that uh, you would give us the grace that we need, so that when those who live in darkness and love the darkness respond and react against us, I pray, Lord Jesus, that your light would shine and that we would be strengthened to your glory. We pray it, Lord, in your precious name. Amen. Now let's pray for those who are in the midst of maybe some dark times in their life. Maybe it's a loneliness, maybe it's illness, maybe it's fearfulness. Lord Jesus, you know what the issues are for each person who is hearing this and seeing this right now today. Whether it's fearfulness from a disease or pestilence, whether it's concerns about the finances needed because of work stoppages and income shortages, Whatever it is, Lord God, you know what it is. And you're the one that desires to come and release those who are bound, to give freedom to those who are captivated. And would pray, Lord Jesus, that your power would reign, that you would be strong, that, that your people would see that you are still in control, even when it seems like all is falling apart around us, that you know the end, even as you knew the beginning, and your choice is blessing and peace for us. For those who, Lord, are ill, we pray your healing grace upon them. For those whose sickness, Lord, is leading to earthly death, we pray that you would be preparing their hearts for heavenly life. For those who care for them, for those who love them and can't be close to them, we pray your grace and favor. We pray all of this, Lord Jesus, in your name, even as you taught your people to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I invite you now to open your hands, to open your hearts, and receive the blessing of God who loves you so very much. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with the greatest of all his favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God's blessings, dear friends. We'll close our service this morning with the song, Shine, Jesus, Shine. Fill this land with the Father's glory. So
Oh, oh, oh. 